Hey folks, just a warning before we get into the episode that this episode will contain some spoilers of the game we're playing. So if that's something that you want to avoid, I maybe come back to it once you've finished it. Uh, if not, then stay tuned and we hope you like. Hello, play along friends. Just want to throw a quick content warning out at the beginning of this episode that there are themes that some listeners and or viewers may find disturbing, including miscarriage, death, uh, death of a sibling, mental illness, uh, and many other things. So if you are triggered by these or are you are especially affected by these emotionally, please do not listen to this. Skip it to the next one. We love you all and we want you to be safe out there. Thank you so much uh, and see you on the next episode. Hello friends, welcome to Play Along Podcast, a podcast where we play through games. I'm your host, Jared, and today I'm joined as always by Kai and Ben, and Ben and Kai. How you guys doing? I showed a remarkable amount of restraint and did not interrupt you on the first uh, intro of the podcast. So. That's yeah, usually, usually, it's like, uh, usually it's like five or six takes, and it's just Kai and Ben usually just interrupting me as I'm trying to start the podcast. Most of the time, Kai, I won't, I won't throw Ben yeah, on the I was bus like, that don't, much. Don't slander my man's name out here. <laughs> 90% of the time, me. But you didn't. You didn't on the first try. That's good. I know. Yeah. I'm good. I heard of Boomy. Yeah, she's she's the one interrupting now. Yeah, Boom, <laughs> Boomy's taking your spot, and she's going to be the one that interrupts the intro. We've actually just been training together. I've just been pretending to be you doing intros and making fun now afterwards. It's my grand plan. I can picture you just like holding Boomy, and both of you just like Welcome screaming at e podcast. screaming at each other's faces, and like <laughs> trying to get your pitch higher and higher. You guys are doing good though. Hear your response? Oh yeah, yeah, doing good. Yeah, I am um, yep. maybe starting a new job in a couple of weeks, Ooh. which means I will not be working fifty hours a week. So I will have uh, what good. I've heard is referred to as free time. Um, <laughs> what 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 is what is that? I don't know what that is. Yeah, I know it's like a mythical concept. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, good, good. How are That's you, Jared? Great. I'm doing fantastic. Exciting to talk about this uh, interesting uh, part of Martha is dead, but. This is your yes. first episode. You don't know what we do here. Like it's in the beginning, Play Along Podcast is a podcast where we play through games. The three of us will take turns choosing a game. We'll then split that game up into sections, come together each week, and recant that section, talk about how we felt about it, what happened, and everything else. Uh, if that sounds interesting to you guys, go ahead and follow us on our social media. Our link tree is anywhere that our podcast is. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Apparently, a big number of our listeners are on Apple Podcasts now. Like there was a huge switch I don't know if that was just random. We we had the whole thing with like we had the big jump in our on our listener base randomly. So I don't know if that had something to do with it too. But <laughs> go yeah, listen I don't on know. podcast. I don't know. Yeah, but now I think it's leveled off now. When I looked, it was like thirty-ish percent mm. for both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But yes, if you are one of those on Apple Podcasts, you can also give us a review. That would be super cool. Yeah, it helps uh, more people find our podcast that also like video games and three people that like to talk about them and most of the time shit on games that people love. So if that's something that's yeah. interesting to you, then you can do that. Yeah, we had a very mixed response from Castlevania. So that was interesting. Yeah. People saying they liked our takes and other people saying that they did not. Okay, 
yes, if go give us a uh, review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, it really helps get the show out there and helps people listen wherever they may be. So, yeah, check that mm-hmm. out. Uh, if you missed the last episode, we started our venture in Martha is Dead. We kind of talked about what the game is about. We went through kind of the intro sections, got introduced to some of our characters, and we ended the last episode after the first dream in our bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, this 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 leg specifically kind of goes from zero to 100. Like, it's, it's a lot longer. Well, not... It's not incredibly long, but definitely longer than the first section that we had played mm-hmm. through. Um, yeah, and it, it, it ramps up incredibly quickly. I believe in the beginning of this, you're in the room. And this room is interesting because it looks like a room that was shared by both Martha and Julia. Yes. But yeah. there's another comment later on where Julia says that her room's locked. It's like, it's like further down the hallway, and she's confused why her old room was locked. So I wasn't sure if they shared there's, a room there's, or... There's also a nameplate that says Julia on that other door. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so but I what's there. weird is... Yeah, sorry, I was going to say, in this, no, in this room that you wake up in, there are two beds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julia and Martha each have their own trinket box with their name on it. <clears> they have a wardrobe with their name on it. There's yeah. a really easy achievement in this room if you dress up in Martha's clothes, um, which I just dressed up in Martha's clothes because I figured, you know, I'm supposed to be pretending to be Martha. So, And I didn't even think about that because I immediately went to, I didn't know you can ha- like have a choice. I went to Julia's closet and I put on Julia's clothes, which... Oh, yeah, I, no, you can choose to put on Martha's, yeah. Probably would have been a red flag for the parents, be like, why are you in your sister's <laughs> clothing? Since that was the only thing that they had to... Ch- to tell the difference between the two of them yeah yeah so uh what did you guys do first in the room did you do a wee bit of exploring it or did you go straight downstairs no yeah. it's it's similar like with most of these usually when we get into new areas we just kind of explore everything look at every uh object and cinematic camera angle that's provided with it um <laughs> But yeah, Is that more, dramatic, everything? Yeah. more important yeah exactly uh it's interesting they have a lot of pictures of like folklore and different folklore stories on their walls but kind of the darker version of them which is interesting yeah i'm i'm not sure specifically why the darker version um what's also weird is that we find out later in this chapter that um this is actually martha's nanny's house it's not actually martha and her family's house they have swapped because her father is now a general in the german army um and so because of the nazi efforts in like 1944 when it's set and because of security and things like that they have swapped houses so yeah. we uh, are in fact too, at the nanny's house. house yeah but it's we- just also weird because we're at the nanny's house but there's all this really disturbing folklore <laughs> pictures everywhere I mean, from the the stories that she read us as children, it kind of tracks that she was yeah. interested in the dark side of these uh, fairy tale stories. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I, I did a bit of exploring in this room. Um, mm. Julia's, oh no, Martha's, uh, Martha's trinket box is locked. Yes, uh, Julia's. Yeah, Ju- Julia's bag is on the door. Everything she needs is in it. We have like a map and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she has her key to a trinket box, which I can't remember what's in the trinket box. In the trinket box is, I think, her diary, which. Oh, it is her diary, yes. 
which is interesting she literally is like talking about how she took martha's identity and that she feels bad for it and i was like that doesn't that isn't that dangerous what if someone finds your diary and and realizes that you're exactly it doesn't matter if you lock it i feel like that's that's something that you don't divulge even to a journal like that's not yeah yeah one thing that i i thought was interesting because I didn't really know the the scope of this game before getting into it. Like when I opened the map, the map was pretty big. Like I was kind it's of impressed. Fucking massive. I was impressed by the size of the map. I was like, wow. I didn't think. I thought it was going to be like maybe take place for the most part around the house and maybe mm-hmm. some areas outside of it, like like the lake. But we would just kind no, of. No, they've got like a good two acres of land that you could yeah explore. Kind of wild. Now, question: Have yes. you zoomed out of the map? You can zoom out of the map. Oh, okay. This will be an interesting detail for you. So oh, no. if you you can navigate the map, there's like a little cursor that you can follow the map and you can see yeah. all the points and stuff. Right. If you press square, you zoom out and it gives you a full glimpse of the map. But the reason I ask is because in the bottom hand, bottom right hand corner of the map is this weird drawing of like black trees with this yes. little child peeking mm-hmm. from behind one of the trees yeah so i we didn't like zoom out but as you s- scroll and pan across the map you can still see sections of that oh, i did okay, see that right. little drawing in the bottom corner yeah yeah because yeah. it was like oh you can press square to zoom out so i pressed square and i was like um are we just not going to talk about the strange child <laughs> in the corner of this map <laughs> also the controls are inverted for some reason just on the map just in which the map. i thought was yeah. interesting so i was like why why just on the map i don't understand i i don't know i have no answer for that at all whatsoever investigating yeah. the the room and everything you go out i i believe there's a bathroom to your left and hallway to your right there's a door here that we had referenced that says julia on it which when she tries to open it's locked and she comments oh i wonder why they locked my room mm-hmm. uh, as you go downstairs you overhear your parents talking it seems like they're leaving for the day and that they need to leave the newspaper on the table because martha always loved to read you know she's deaf so she really enjoyed reading the newspaper and hearing about everybody and all the her stories only, and her only joy in life um, is reading the newspaper yeah. <laughs> is, is the newspaper uh which sets up an interesting mechanic too is there's lots of different like quests and tasks that you can do some of them optional some of them you know pertinent to the story and kind of one of our first one is not only grabbing the camera that is sitting on the table next to the newspaper but also reading the newspaper and in, in its individual sections too which i thought was yes was interesting context yeah it's, unimportant. it's strange <clears throat> the camera yeah, is supposed to be a, a gift for uh julia mm-hmm. that he never got to give her and then leaves it on julia. the table yeah. yeah don't know if that's ever gonna yeah that's come back. weird yeah well, so yeah, that's what's weird is because it, in the beginning, before we leave the room, we can hear our mum shouting, she's going to mm. come and wake us up. And the dad's like, no, leave her, you know, let her sleep. And yeah. obviously we make a comment like, oh yeah, shit, we're supposed to be Martha. We have to pretend to be deaf. Mm. Um, but yeah, we take this camera that was meant for Julia and the dad doesn't want to take it off the table because then it's kind of accepting that Julia's never going to 
take it and it really plays into this whole like you know dad is very much grieving and the mum is just yeah. like yeah it, it's fine i'm i mean and i know that there's like sure like that that all makes sense but it, it it like the back of my mind it still feels like like a stretch they need an excuse to have this camera here so we can still use it and it seems like that's kind of the excuse for it too i don't know like part it's, of me is like yeah that, that seems good and the other part of me is just like nah. it's also weird though because so like after this you can um you make a comment about how your parents are going to be gone because they're preparing right. everything for the burial right and you have free reign of the house and mm-hmm. so i explored all of the house before i went anywhere mm-hmm. and when you go downstairs uh you see the red room which is where later on you come to develop the film pictures that you take as part of the game's like main mechanic mm-hmm. um so I, I feel like the camera could just been in there like the yeah, dad could have like, just stored the cameras in there because he doesn't have time to do photography anymore because now he's a Nazi. Uh, so <laughs> you heard it here, folks. But even she Nazis even says that don't have time for photography. She's like, oh. he, now now he's a general in the war. He doesn't have time. He doesn't for have time for he doesn't have time for photography. No, I mean that would make sense because when you go into that room too, there's a lot of attachments for the camera that you can use for like different lenses. So it would make sense if that camera was already just in that room that we would mm-hmm. just find it by you know happenstance by walking in there and kind of exploring naturally that would make a little more sense than the dad just i mean i understand the dad's motivation is like not wanting to accept that his daughter's dead but it's it's also know. it also feels a bit like a stretch because it yeah. it kind of feels as if the developers were like worried that you would leave without the camera right, right. and so rather than put it in the red room and hope that you find it before you leave they put it on the table in plain view like hey yeah. take this camera don't forget it so yeah that that leads us into a very big part and big mechanic of this game which is the camera itself and the camera isn't just you know opening the camera and taking pictures like we've experienced with early on in the game you have to mess with you have to mess with aperture and you have to mess with like the the exposure mm-hmm. you have to mess you have to have the focal lens and everything which was a lot more in depth than I thought it was going to be for this game. Yes. Yeah. It was it's a very extreme system which clearly someone was uh in in love with film photography and wanted to literally develop an entire game around the process of film yeah. photography. Um though I will point out for as aggressive as they were with this, uh they got the cameras wrong. Uh a Roloflex at the time uh <laughs> did not have the self-timer function. The Rolocord did, which was the higher end model. But the camera's clearly labeled Roloflex, and it wouldn't have the self-timer function. Um, so, do your research. It's fucking bad. Taking me straight out of the immersion. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, ironically, I didn't even realize it. Like, I didn't even register. But I have the um, the service diagram for this exact camera that sits on our wall where we play games, right behind me. Literally, like, like above our above our. It's like a thirty-inch uh, by twenty-inch <laughs> service diagram of this camera that is in this game, and I was like. Reference it behind me. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. That was it. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a lot of was like, um, actuallys that were break. happening in this. Yeah. Well, also, okay, we can get into mm-hmm. the whole yeah. developing uh, I guess thing. Gone, gone, gone. Yeah, because uh, it was very wrong, and they 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 put words in there that were like they put passages that were like we're speeding this up for like you know the sake of convenience, and I was yeah. like, mm, okay, all right film is just magically already developed i, I just have to print it 
I think they were also like film nerds and knew like they they knew the the opposing arguments and they're like we're gonna get um actually if we don't do this correctly so we'll just tell them like hey this process actually takes a long time to do and we're not gonna make you do it for this game this is just sped up for you know continuity purposes and actually being able to play through this game but that part doesn't make yeah. sense to me because it's like okay if you don't actually want us to do it then don't make us do any of it because it doesn't it doesn't add anything it's just like a dumb mini game almost where you're like oh i have to adjust right. the uh, enlarger to get the image correct and now i have to like dip it in you know the the stopping fluid because you know you're not doing the entire process yeah. so it's like why why even make us do any of it it's not I mean, I like photography as much as the next guy, but but developing is not the fun part. <laughs> it's the actual photo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to get to as well, is that, like, it's not just when you go to develop these pictures that you can take. And again, you can take pictures of random stuff, and there is stuff that is important to the story and the narrative that you would take pictures of. But it's not like a cutscene of, like, oh, you developed these pictures. It is, like Kai said, like a little mini game that you do. You use the enlarger to fit the picture onto the paper that you want it on. And that requires like lining up these little circles. And then after the picture is done, setting it in the, the developing fluid, which it has to stay in there for a certain amount of time. You have to hit like X in the green area so you can pull it out at the right time. So it doesn't like overexpose and everything. And you do that with mm -hmm. every single picture that you do, which I thought was like Kai said, an interesting, interesting mechanic that they didn't want to do the full process. And then the half process still seems a little, tedious when you're doing it a lot too. i'm already bored of it and I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. i'm gutted because this was one of those mechanics that yeah. i was very interested in mm -hmm. um but now i find myself for instance when you walk up to the enlarger you interact with it and there's a very like it's only five six seconds cut scene yeah. where she's loading the neg uh, loading the reel on which you can and, skip to and that's what i do Literally any part of that process that I can skip, Absolutely I skip. Absolutely, I do. Same. Um, and it's it's kind of annoying because they're like, oh, you know, if you if you enlarge it and don't focus the image properly, then it won't come out clear or come out blurry. And it's like, okay, but it is impossible for me to develop this incorrectly <laughs> because right. you it, have it really circles is. at the bottom I have to overlap and then just press a button. There's specific steps that you need to like go forward and it's like you'd have to purposely not do those things to make the picture come out poorly. I mean, mm -hmm. it's the same thing with the yes. camera mechanic um, itself where they clearly wanted to put a manual film camera mechanic in a game and that was interesting to them. But then mm -hmm. they sucked all the life of the actual like options that you have when you're taking manual photos and also with a twin light reflex camera, you wouldn't be able to see the adjustments so they had to make it where you can like see it as it's happening and adjusting where you don't have like a light meter that you're using to reference and so you take away the fun part of mm, like oh yeah. i know what i need to expose that and that's like making a conscious choice to just making it like adjust until you get this little check mark on the side that says you are properly exposed or you are properly in focus it's like right okay you were going for a thing here but you didn't really hit it because well, that... you you had to assist enough yeah. people who weren't familiar with this process that that's what I was going to ask. I yeah. don't know. I, th I have a feeling Jared's going to ask the same thing. But I was going to say, like, how much of that is us being into photography? And specifically that... you being into older film cameras. Yeah. I was going to say that. And I think maybe someone that doesn't have, like, the knowledge of how this stuff works or is as used to a camera might be more interested in it. But it's like, like Kai was saying, 
with the check marks kind of on the side, you literally don't really have to have any context of it. If you walk up and it's like too dark, you just mash the exposure back and forth until it lights up green. And if you're too far or you're out of focus, you can just move the focus back and forth until it like checks that off as being okay. Like you don't have to actually have any knowledge or really understanding. You're just moving levers back and forth to hit check marks. And that's all. Hello. Hello, my lovely uh, play along podcast listeners. If you are uh, at midway through this episode, you may notice that uh, we have no fucking clue what's going on. And also I'm <laughs> in a different camera angle and, and lighting. And that is because uh, either, Dell's the fucking worst computer on the planet, uh, or uh, Zencaster is ass cheeks. And so mm-hmm. one way or the other, we're having technical difficulties. So just, uh, you know, hang with us here. Uh, and we'll jump back into Martha's Dead and uh, talking about the, the camera mechanics and the uh, gratuitous uh, many different things you have to do in this game that seem pointless. Yes. Yes. We was discussing uh, the, the, camera. the camera and how... Uh, it is accessible for those who don't know how to use a camera, specifically an older film camera. But mm. uh, for people like us who enjoy pictures, but even more so for Kai who loves film photography, yeah. it was uh, very much uh, more of a nuisance. Yeah, I, th- I think it's more of a nuisance too with how repetitive it is. I think that's the thing. At first, it seems like, okay, that's kind of cool, but the repetitiveness of it kind of just wears, wears you out throughout doing yeah because so far we've only had to take one picture um, yeah, we've, and we've... that is sorry oh, go, go for it. no i was gonna say that is the picture of the bird um, as soon as you get the yeah. camera they they say to you she's like uh, julia makes a comment like oh there's sparrows outside mm-hmm. i'm gonna check the camera works and you go take a picture of the sparrow and then you come back to the red room mm-hmm. i had found the red room prior to taking the picture of the sparrow because i just explored Same. all we of the exploring. house yeah uh martha is still chilling in that other room <laughs> she's just there open casket yeah uh the lot you find lots of uh notes from people in the german army that mm-hmm. confirm that your dad is indeed a general in the german army now um and also very interestingly when you come into the basement where the red room is to the right, there's like a little fabric setup place, mm-hmm. um, and Martha makes a comment about how there's like fabrics that have been delivered because your mum was sewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is a medicine box on the back of the table that is medicine for uh, I had to write it down, pervitin, and pervitin is something that was given to german soldiers back in world war ii and is essentially methamphetamine hell yeah oh i didn't know that interesting so um but it specifically is by her mum's sewing station mm. which is doing, weird because it's a like some pres- while she sews it's a prescription drug that was given to those who were going over the top of the trenches in world war ii to kind of mm. give them the get-go to you know essentially go over the trench to their death you love to you love to hear it, folks. Uh, so, uh, mum may have a drug problem potentially. Explain, Alze explains her very explosive, irrational behavior that we've seen just in the beginning sections of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but after the picture, well, like, yeah. what did you guys do? Because obviously, you take the picture of the sparrow. Did yeah. you just go and do that straight away and then develop it? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. And I was to say, I did the exact same. I didn't, at this point, I didn't um, explore any of the outside or anything like that. Yeah. I, we didn't do that until a little bit later. You actually have to go back towards the lake. Um, but for right now, we just took a picture of the sparrow, went down. I think I messed around with the camera and like took pictures of random things. Again, nothing that is pertinent to the story. And then went down to the, the dark room and then developed it. It also, like, they couldn't have made us take a picture of something important to the story. I mean, they make us take a picture of Martha's corpse anyway. Corp. So it's like, yeah. why, oh, why yeah, later on, take yeah. a picture of the sparrow? Like, I get that you're trying to show us how the mechanic Learned works. The mechanics, yeah. There's nothing that actually connects to the broader story. Like, just a random bird sitting on a wall outside of our house is what you choose. Maybe that bird that like, is Martha. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Martha's yeah. recreated as it reincarnated they, as that sparrow. They didn't do yeah. a lot of work to make it seem that way. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. No. Uh, um, um, I, I think but, that, yeah, I was just trying to, what happens after this? Cause I think that it cuts to night and no, then, so no. there is a very small bit where, um, there are also a pair of scissors on the sewing table, which you can pick That's up right. and take. Um, and, and they go this. into Julia's bag but the yeah. next part is to take a selfie, nineteen forty oh, style. That's, that's right. On the and tripod. Old, and this is what Kai was talking about. Dude. Yeah, this is what Kai was talking about oh. with the timer that wasn't on actually on the camera model. Yeah. And what was very annoying as well is that I've walked into that area where you take the selfie beforehand, having taken the picture of the sparrow, and there's no tripod there. Oh, and weird. Then you, it's, it's you have to you develop the it first and do that, and then the tripod appears there, that quest? Yeah, and the tripod That's appears weird. there, set up in front of the chair, and I was like, oh, okay, all right then. Wow. That's Are you sure surprising. it just hadn't popped in yet? Because there's a lot of that issues in this game. <laughs> Bro, I ran downstairs earlier in this game, and like you can press L1 to sprint, um, yeah. and you do a lot of walking in this game, so I was sprinting everywhere. And I was sprinting down the stairs into the basement, and the basement just did not load like i fully just like had to wait for the walls to pop in and then yeah. things popped in but they weren't texturized so they had to load the textures and i was we, like oh we had a funny uh situation so when you first go outside and you have free reign to kind of walk around and you're taking a picture of the sparrow i was like oh my gosh like the vistas are beautiful like they're, they're they look really well designed and there's not a lot of popping mm -hmm. for like the distance and i'm like oh cool so i walk up to kind of this this ledge to look over the vistas and then as i'm like 10 feet in front of a barn pops in and it's like it wasn't there i just like <laughs> step back a little bit there's no barn i step forward and there is a barn and i'm like okay although yeah, all the like, background stuff is rendered but this barn that's 10 feet in front of me is not not is not completely rendered. different from how every other like pop and loading works for distance of any other game yeah. it loads things closer to you after loading the background in like high detail i'm like what why I don't know. All I can take from it is that it's like a priorities thing because, you know, like I said before, like they've taken pictures of the. Uh, I said last time it was Tunstan. It's Tuscany. It's mm. supposed to represent Tuscany, um, right. and they've taken pictures of the Tuscany countryside, and they want you to be like, "Oh, I'm in Tuscany," but there's no point trying to show me how gorgeous the Tuscany countryside is if you randomly shove a barn in my face yeah after like 10 seconds of loading i mean a lot of the loading issues is it seems to be the lighting effects like that's the thing mm -hmm. that will load yeah. last is it's just like you'll have zero you know atmospheric lighting then suddenly you'll be hit with like 
sun blast and everything has shadows on it now and you're like oh that's what that's supposed to look like weird yeah um, so i don't know if or it's just that the engine that they use to build yeah. it is clunky or i mean we're running it on a ps5 so there's like no excuse like this game yeah. is not graphically intense enough to be a problem so it just has to be bad design in, in yeah. the way that they're trying to process that stuff and it's it's i know there's been a bunch of updates for it mm. um already kind of a lot of bugs have been already ironed out which is kind of <laughs> worrying because i was going to play this on release day before i decided to play it for the pod um i mean so, we can yeah go, we can go into our major bug because i think that will be fun to talk about yeah, i mean it happens, okay i'll say it happens a little bit later but yeah, I guess we can I mean, do now. Everything between here and and that bug <laughs> is literally just exploration, right? Like you're just walking around the house. I mean, we go um, to the, the the we go to the lake and we get all of the cameras, and then we develop all of the pictures that are on the cameras that are set there that are set on timers, uh, and then we. Uh, well, so yeah, there is a bit of spook to that though, because right, you you um read the new page of the diary and you do all of that stuff. Um, and it's now nighttime, and we're sneaking yes. around with a little lighter. We get that lantern, and we're gonna go to the lake because mm -hmm. apparently we set up three cameras. And wow, it is not Dell's; it is Zencaster. It is a hundred percent Zencaster. <laughs> anyway, that was that was much faster than last. It was, was faster. Did you guys get the spooks on the way to the lake? I don't. Yeah, like the the, 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 the forms appearing in the yeah. trees. Yeah, like, like we walking along. Is, is Martha? Yeah, yeah, we walking along, and like Martha's ghost in the white dress and everything is sort of like behind a tree and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, and then yeah, you go and take the pictures to be developed. Here you get. A couple of things I'm just looking here. You get the infrared film and lens, the macro lens, right. the blue filter, which is supposed to be used for fog, I think that one is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And orange is for like super high contrast. Mm -hmm. Um, and you develop the pictures and you're like, Oh, okay, uh, it is how I remember, you know, I could the whole time Julia's worried that she hurt Martha. Right. She starts She's to struggling think maybe, with that, yeah. Yeah, she's starting to think maybe I killed Martha and I have repressed that fact because I wanted the limelight that she had. Mm. And so, yeah. So there's that. Um, and she's like, no, look, you know, I'm I'm running. I'm taking my clothes off to go and save her. And I'm carrying her from the lake back to the, mm. the shore. Um, when does your bug occur? Out of curiosity. It's almost at like just after this. Yeah, I think I think it's just after this. Cuz we go back out, we'll just talk about it now. We go back out to explore the area and go towards the lake and as we're walking through the forest, we run into this big stone archway that has a metal gate on it. Um, yes, yes, and there's two kind of uh prompts on, on the link to go to interact with it. When you click on one side, 
Julia will grab the gate and shake it, and she's like, oh, I can't go in. But if you go... Yeah, it's locked. If you go to grab the other side, she'll spawn on the other side of the gate and walk out and say, oh, I finally found my exit and walk out. And then you can walk back into the gate. And when you do that, she's in kind of this cave and she says a prompt like, oh my gosh, I I finally found my way back to the forest. Almost like we've been running through a, a dungeon of something and we've now found our way out. And there, as you walk towards the back of this room, there's a doorway but the doorway is just open and we're underneath the map now and you walk out and you just fall and you just fall forever and you can see the map above you and it just, that yeah. was it. I had to shut off the game and restart it. Oh, like, like game breaking bug. Like I had to, really, I had to quit out the really game bad. because there was, there was nothing else that I could do. And then when I went what? back and I replicated that same thing, it did the exact same thing. Yeah, it happens mm-hmm. every time. What, what I assume happens is that they, did for, they forgot to hide the pop-up for the leaving the gate Mm-hmm. when you walk up to it and so yeah. they just left it in there and you can it does the effect it's supposed to do but unfortunately you're on the wrong side and it's supposed yeah. to be locked and so you just yeah. hop into the other side and it's like okay yeah Ooh, it's man. very much um yeah it sounds like something they're not aware of but um yeah. zero qa <laughs> <laughs> well i mean this is this is what happened with um town of light mm. i had a game breaking bug in that and it was similar thing it was like it was i knew it was a specific bug because every time i interacted with this one specific fin it would um yep. it would cause the game to crash just for no reason yep. and it was the same thing whenever and i the second time i did it and i noticed that i popped to the other side of the gate and left i just didn't go in because i knew that was going to crash and i was like okay let's just continue yeah. on because there's no reason to do that all over again <laughs> there's no reason to have that game breaking bug yeah. all over again so that was that was interesting um but yeah, that but was now, that was the that oh, was the I only one. Okay, I was gonna say I want to ask about um, how did you find the trip to the lake in the dark with the lantern? Mm. I mean, it was fine. Like, did you did you find it scary or like? Not necessarily. Not I mean, really. especially after you you've gathered all of the cameras and made your way back, because the entire time you're walking towards this lake, there's this presence of uh, martha's ghost that you're seeing kind of bob in and out of the trees as you see it and as you now have collected all three cameras that you need to kind of develop the film for and you're heading back to your house martha's ghost does grab your arm and it kind of just spooky dead face on but they kind of like linger on that scene for a long time and it kind of pulls you out it's like she's like trying to like move her arm and get her arm out of martha's grasp and it just yeah and and what's also interesting is immediately after that you can sprint, but Mar- Martha's, I mean, Julia's sprint isn't anything crazy. She's now m- running much faster, and now I have to do this minigame of hitting the, I think it might be R1 or something at the right time to jump over these uh, these trees or these, yes. these big yeah. trees They're that like are blocking the road. Logs. Yeah, these fallen yeah. logs that are blocking yeah. the road. You're which, like which running in like a like a dried up riverbed almost. Or like yeah, a it's bed. very similar to the dream sequences. Right, and this is when it gets trippy. You are also as- sprinting. Yeah, as you, as you continue through and you're jumping over these logs, the kind of, like Kai said, you're in a riverbed, and, it, and it's pretty shallow as you start, but as you continue on the riverbed, it gets deeper and deeper, and then you are in, you're surrounded by skulls, and there's a red door at the very end. You open that door, and it leads into the room where Martha's casket is in your house normally, and yep. then you go over and you look at Martha and she has all of these, bu- she's decaying, her face is decaying, she has all these bugs going in and out of her. And then it sets an, 
sets up an interesting sequence of where a cutscene happens that shows Martha in her casket being pregnant and then her stomach opens up and there's a baby in there and then now it cuts to our us being the point of view of the baby and then the room fills with water and then we wake up in our bed which yes. I thought was was uh interesting <laughs> this to me has the feelings of uh really bad student films uh where it's like i want to be profound and i want to tell a story in the most convoluted way possible yeah. and they were like yes we're gonna walk in there's like the gateway to hell and she's gonna be there she's gonna have a baby and then you're gonna drown and it's just like maybe just pick like one surprising thing because if you mm -hmm. do like nine of them at once you just have no fucking clue what's happening this is a little bit different uh on oh wait hang on are you playing on ps5 or on xbox uh xbox i lied okay i don't know why i said ps5 earlier <laughs> no because i was i was curious because obviously you're playing the uncensored version because it's a little bit different in the playstation version because this is the second skippable cutscene, mm. um and you you do have that same fin uh but you it wasn't clear to me that it was the perspective of the baby there is um you don't see the stomach open up or anything it's already you just open. yeah it's just open and there is a yeah. baby inside of like martha's womb mm -hmm. um and then you're just kind of in the casket as the wolf comes up and fills the room that's that's what i kind of just assumed because you're almost at because it shows you i got above panning view of her open stomach and then mm -hmm. it cuts to kind of like almost exactly where the, her belly is and like the eye level of you can see from inside the casket so i th thought we were like we're yeah, the baby or something i don't know it's, it's really whole, confusing this whole scene is very very jarring because essentially yeah what happens is you go from the real world and walking through the woods to so now uh, a dream another martha's dream ghost sequence? yeah martha's ghost calling your name grabbing you and then all of a sudden because the body that is in the casket is martha but yeah. it's that version of martha without her face yeah. that you know we cut off in the previous the, yeah, episode the, the, the decaying martha without a face yeah so it's not really the real martha which is what's weird because then it's like okay well is this a dream sequence mm -hmm. and then I'm assuming that the water is supposed to be not only symbolic of Martha dying, but also symbolic of like Julia drowning under like the grief kind of, of the, losing her sister and all like taking over her identity. I was like the guilt of taking over her identity and everything. And no, I mean, it, it's, it's so odd. It, it feels it's, so It's almost like Kaya said, like it's, it's too fucking abstract, abstract for its own good. Yeah. And you come, you come away from it just being like what the fuck have i watched because all the shots are really jarring there's lots of like mm -hmm. jump cuts to like close up of martha and then distance of martha but now there's maggots and then you know like it's just so jarring one thing i've, I've noticed about this game is they don't know or chose not to build to sections where you're you know something happens that's that's like you know you see martha and she's covered in maggots the killing like you go from these very banal sections of doing just like daily life yeah. tasks where you're like i'm gonna take a selfie with a camera or i'm gonna go collect these cameras from around the lake and then yeah suddenly you are 
put into this sequence or dream state in which you're like seeing this horrible shit and it's like there's no build-up to that there's no narrative way that you're like oh okay we're we're escalating to something she's losing more and more of her reality it's just on or off and it's very jarring and it doesn't make much sense and it really Mm. kind of pulls you out of that experience where it's just like oh this is almost comical that we're drowning with this child and then we just like wake up and it's like well how did we how did this happen where did where did we get here from interesting did you guys know that there is such a thing as meth-induced psychosis. Oh, are we just on meth? Well, because I, so I was thinking, right, because the the pervertin is is methamphetamine, right? Right. right, and it's a drug that was only available to German soldiers. Her father is a German general, so is this like part psychosis, but then also like is Martha? Or Julia, is she unknowingly on drugs and is having a meth-induced hallucination? Or maybe even like like you said, she was on drugs and having these hallucinations and actually did kill Martha and thought that she just drowned in the lake or something like that. Like she's the one that did yeah. all the things. See, this because sorry, no, it's the sake. The, the thing that got me thinking is because the Town of Light is very concise. Their, their yeah. previous game is very concise with how the story flows and mm-hmm. its explanation. So I was wondering if, although it's very jarring, maybe the way that the story is panning out is deliberate. Do you know, like maybe yeah. we're supposed to experience it as Julia because we're sitting there going, what the fuck is happening? Julia's going, what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, it doesn't take away from the fact that so far the part of the game that we've played is confusing as shit, and I have no idea what is actually fucking happening. Yeah. Um, but I just, I wonder if... I don't I mean, know. I think... I think... Wow, that was, that was perfect. We, we think a lot. Um, <laughs> I'll go first. Uh, I think there's a way to represent something that is wholly... Like, where you can't you can never put yourself in that unless you've been through it, right? Like psychosis yeah. or drug-induced psychosis or a lot of these mental illnesses that are very, you know, happen in small populations that are trying to connect to a broader audience. Like A Beautiful Mind is an example of a film that can take someone going through mental deterioration and it not making a lot of sense to them and then portraying that in a way to the audience where it's sympathetic but also like you can kind of grasp what that experience is like um as obviously someone who's like hyper intelligent slowly begins to to devolve from uh, i believe it's alzheimer's mm-hmm. um and like that that's an example of how to do it well where you you show these passages that don't make sense but you connect it to a broader narrative of the experience of that individual and how that affects them externally and those around them so far with 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 julia all we have is her experience and not only that it's like we can't we can't see what the impact of this is on her life because it's so you know one one individual is is our only perspective within this game and it's just like okay well what does this mean what does this mean for her broader experience what is this yeah and that's and that's for the game yeah and that's kind of what I, i was i was gonna get into as well is that like in games like this, in horror and suspense, you know, there is a level of confusion. And I think when done right, that confusion 
interests the viewer or player and motivates them to continue to solve the mysteries that are presented before them. In Martha's Dead instance, we are confused and nothing makes sense, but there's almost nothing interesting to pull the player along to continue to try to solve that narrative. It's just back-to-back confusion that happens and you're just more frustrated because Mm. of these weird sequences that are happening. Yeah, I don't know how they would have done it, but I feel that... I feel that like a an extra perspective would have really helped to 100%. not necessarily fully clear things up because you still want those questions well, and you still you're right you want, want that, that mystery uh, in yeah you want that mystery but I think Kai hit it on the head that like you need an outside perspective of like yeah okay like what is this actually do because we got it from because I mean at the minute it just seems like Julia's going insane. Yeah, you know, yeah. in, without meaning to be horrible, like it—it it seems that like she's just losing herself to this yeah. psychosis. But we've got to... nothing to compare it to. Martina. To add even more, as we awake from this apparent dream sequence that we've had julia has now bled all over her bed in a much heavier way than usual she even comments of like oh this is not even like near my time of the month or anything like that and maybe there's connections to pregnancy and a baby and and things it's heavily implied that she has miscarried right because there there's an instance of when you're exploring you can go up to your parents room and julia finds a letter that martha had wrote to her mother saying that martha told her mom that julia was pregnant and julia says like as her own inner monologue like i was never pregnant why would martha lie to my mom like that Mm, yeah it's it's kind of oh go on guy go on I was like you leaning into it just to add one more thing to this goddamn podcast jared your computer's gonna die i need to charge it god damn it okay (laughs) anyway like i was saying yeah so it's it's heavily implied that she's julia has miscarried miscarried. yeah um you know the symbolism in the casket scene beforehand Mm -hmm. the letter from martha to your mother the um i don't know how to say this right because it's I don't know if it's because like I watch a lot of like horror and a lot of um sort of thriller movies and things like that and there seems to be this kind of trope in horror stuff when you have a female protagonist and pregnancy is a topic that for some reason there's always like uh, miscarriage or like yeah. a, like the the nightmare of a miscarriage and there's always copious amounts of blood and yeah. so, as horrible as it sounds, as soon as you wake up from that gene sequence and Julia looks down, she starts talking about, like you said, about her, like her period and stuff. And I was like, oh no, this is, that's miscarriage blood. Like, with that is yeah. a lot of blood mm-hmm. for it just to be a period. Yeah. And so, I don't know. Again, this is confusing because she has no recollection of being pregnant. Um, of anything maybe that, yeah maybe this leads into her own kind of or, or or pry into into her kind of mental stability at the moment and maybe she is in this kind of drug induced 
insanity that she's even like losing just laps of her memory are fading in and out as well because of it i mean maybe i don't know like because i think the comment that martha makes in the letter is that you should watch julia when she goes to the lake because like her stomach is growing or something like Mm -hmm. that so yeah it's it's indicating that the signs are that were there that like clearly you know um so yeah i I don't know how to feel about yeah so yeah yeah, that sequence is it's it's just jarring it's jarring for the especially after the 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 dream sequence before it it definitely is jarring but julia gets out of bed and she now has to clean herself off you head to the restroom to wash up you go and you kind of have a change of clothes now if you try to prompt to change any of your clothes beforehand she talks about like oh i'll just get them dirty i have to make sure i wash up first yeah um which so can we go- also just so sorry can we just also briefly touch upon the fact that like julia is not comfortable going to either of her parents with this situation at all like her bedding yeah. is gonna need like washing, washing. Gonna need replacing and right. you know it's i mean it's kind of traumatic to wake up in that situation I'd imagine yeah. I've never woke up in that situation, but I mean, just I'd imagine we, it's traumatic. Just from what we learned so far, it seems like Julia is, doesn't have a. I mean, maybe with her dad, but even with this, a strong relationship with either of her parents. So technically, yeah. she's supposed to be Martha. Exactly. This is what I mean. So that's fair. But yes. but yeah, it's just it's it's very telling of like you know she, Julia's. Julia hasn't really uh, taken advantage of the Martha love that is she was supposedly longing for, which I mean, is why she couldn't say no to her, her mom saying, are you Martha or whatever. From a storytelling perspective, this would be a great time to represent like the change in Julia's world with her mother being nice. Because if you just would open with a scene that explained the dynamic previously where Julia, Julia was being maybe not abused, but you know, was being yeah. left out of the family dynamic. And then you have this scene where she goes through something traumatic and the mother is very loving and caring. And it's like, oh my God, Martha, I'm so sorry this happened yeah. to you. Like, this must be devastating. Uh, or like, I mean, thank God that you dodged this pregnancy bullet in 1940s Italy. Um, <laughs> but also like, you know, let's get you help. Let's take you to a doctor. That's like, oh, okay, I see. You know, there's the the perceived benefit of, of Julia taking on this role within the family. Yeah. But once again, we're just sitting here experiencing it with Julia, and she doesn't seem like like I would be like her panic doesn't come across. Like she's like, no. "Oh, this is bad," and you're yeah. like, "This seems really bad." <laughs> yeah, this seems I mean, like devastating it... amounts of of blood and concerning. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah, fact 100%. that that yeah, we I mean we find the the note about you know Martha writing to our mother that's like, but that's after. Yeah, right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, there's not even a panic about that. Like, we are literally either being gaslit by a note, or we are presuming that you know we were pregnant and now we're not. And it's yeah. like the denial is is strong with this one. It really is strong. Yes. So it it would have been great to have, you know, Martha's mum walk in as you'd woken up, or even have her wake up, Julia. Yeah. You know, like concern and, and showing like a completely different attitude than yeah, when she's she was like, interacting oh, with, she's Ju- like, with Julia. Wakes her up, she's saying like, Martha, it's time to wake up. And then she sees it and, you know, Julia doesn't ask for the affection that her mum gives Martha in mm. that sense, but she receives it nonetheless because the mum is just Martha. being concerned for Martha. Yeah, exactly. Right. 
and that's how you could kind of show that dynamic and then maybe there's a journal entry or one of those black screens with the text come on where you know julia says like you know oh, i didn't know how to feel about it i was relieved and it was nice to have that affection but it felt wrong because she thought i was martha like some sort of acknowledgement of the fact that she has taken a fucking sister's identity like yeah, like, like like i just said none of that has played out you know when she was hugged in the very beginning by the mom she was so consumed by this love that she had never felt that she couldn't even like tell her mom like no i'm not martha martha is dead um but it, she, that hasn't played out like we haven't seen no interactions with with yeah. our character and the mom where that love is shown and where th that character has a different personality towards martha and julia it's we haven't seen yeah. any of that i mean the entire uh, motivation of the game the whole plot is that we have now taken on the life of our sister and they've done nothing with that like no we have, and that's we what i'm just Go chilling on. as martha and we're having a grand yeah. old time i guess but but really like it's just but that's what i mean it may be like having the mum do something without yeah. julia asking because it would make sense that julia would be hesitant to ask for the aff affection from the mother because she's not used to asking and right. she's also worried she's going to out herself as not being martha right but you could still introduce that mechanic and that dynamic i mean like you were saying the mom coming in in the morning and showing concern for her or just waking her up or anything like that any kind of interaction because our character hasn't even interacted with other characters of the story the only time the parents showed up in this leg was them leaving town for the day for and us to get the camera hid on the fucking staircase. Exactly. Our main character out. has interacted with zero people, which leads into kind of our next section. As you're going down the stairs, you hear the phone ringing, and Julia's like, oh, I should probably listen in. And she listens to her mom talking to another individual. I don't remember the gentleman that was on the phone, but they were kind of talking about uh, Julia's death and everything. And the mom almost saying that, oh, one of her... Uh, best friends could have done it. It was this this guy apparently that she hung out with that they live maybe on, like next uh, to them or something like that. I don't remember his two name. Six. Let me get his name. Let me get yeah his for name. sure. But yeah, the, it was them talking about like oh maybe he was the one that did this. They hung out a lot. They were close. And again, introducing Lapo. another character, Lapo. Lapo. Um, He's also assumed in that conversation to be part of the uh, Italian resistance to the Nazis. Yes, uh, you know party i guess in italy i mean they were yeah. also like nationalists it's very confusing i don't know enough about this period of time in history to, to determine yeah, I, what I, I, was, I, but he's perceived I, as an enemy i uh, did pull it up yeah so um they're i can't i don't know because i think i played a little bit too far ahead where did you guys stop where did right you at the uh, right at the second dream right when the second dream started I, I turned it off well where did we stop was the very shocking and well, yeah, yeah filled ending to this section yeah okay i feel like we i'll get to what i was gonna say when we get to that then because i want to make yeah. sure that we're on the same path but yeah so you um essentially martha's mum is speculating that yeah this lapo could have had something to do with it um and of course julia is like you know he wouldn't do that yeah. there's i don't know about you guys but i picked up that like almost there's like some love interest Oh, situation sure. between Lapo and Julia. I think I think the assumption sure. is is that Lapo is the father of the child that oh. Julia has. 
that the mother mm-hmm. is assuming exists. I mean, that yeah. that's at least a sense that I got that, you know, these sections are very closely uh, done together purposefully for that reason to be like, you know, oh, okay, we now know who the potential father is. Clearly the mother is also against him in some way. He seems to yeah. not be as wealthy or as in good standing as this family. So you have a little mm-hmm. bit of a Romeo and Juliet vibe going. Now, yeah, I I've had see to that. extremely read into this because there is literally no actual evidence for like this game is presenting. But that that would yeah. that's my sense that I was getting from this section. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm but, glad no. I'm not the only one that fooled that. Yeah, I kind of I kind of get that as well. But again, like you said, this character maybe got brought up in past sections that on on a passing like thought. But it was this section specifically that we now have this new character in which is like a best friend and almost a love interest to our main character now. And it's just like, mm-hmm. well, that's odd. Um, Did you guys pick up the tarot cards out of curiosity as well? Yes, we put we up did, the tarot yeah. cards and use the tarot cards too. Yeah, I'd used them as well, yeah. Did yeah. you? Okay, what did you get? Because I want to see if they're truly random. Do you remember? Could not oh, tell you. Couldn't tell. Okay, don't worry. No. Okay. <laughs> I got like... No idea. Uh, like, it was like lovers uh, and something else I can't remember. No, I forgot. Don't worry. Cool. Ignore me. <laughs> there's there's a lot of cards on there too, and you can as you pick up the tarot cards and you can use them. You kind of have a display of the tarot cards, and then you can choose one, and obviously it will show what the tarot cards are and what they mean. But I don't. They haven't. They haven't played My, anything. The, the so message far, was so. like, oh, um, it was something to do uh, with the end of a journey and like a love interest and all mm-hmm. that stuff, and it, it really played into what happens later, and that's kind of interesting i was wondering because they call it a divination you can do a divination once a day once a day yeah yeah um and so i was curious if um you got the same as i did if it was random or if it was a Mm. set fin maybe maybe we can make a record of it and remember for next for sure yeah well we'll look back into it so another uh interesting thing is as you go outside uh there is a bike that's out there and in my head i was like okay you're not going to be able to actually ride the bike because when you go and interact with it so the bike's flat you need a pump and there might be a pump we looked it up because i was like i just wanted to see if i can actually ride this bike uh the pump is in the kind of gated front area of the house where we put the flowers in in the last episode and it's attached to one of the bikes you walk in there and it shows both your parents bike and the pump is attached to one of them uh if you grab the pump and bring it back to the bike not only do you get an achievement but you do get to ride the bike which hey, uh was cool <laughs> mechanics of riding the bike very very uh clunky and doesn't work very well and in my head i was like okay i've gone to the lake and back a couple times now this bike will help mitigate that process and i'll make it a little mm-hmm. faster uh you can't it's take a bike fair downstairs. way to the lake oh okay well you can't, well, you can't take it you can only you can literally just ride it around your house that's it. yeah oh, okay the most convenient place to ride it yeah <laughs> yep. um I can't remember when it happens in this leg, but I also wanted to say that uh, there starts to... I think I went into the room with Martha and it came over the radio mm-hmm. that uh, they are asking everybody essentially not to leave their house. You're not allowed to yeah. leave your house um, and go into a certain town. You're not allowed to have your blinds and doors open past a certain time. Yeah. And it's essentially to do with the uh, the war and the way that people are advancing and gaining territory and stuff like that. Uh, similar to what we had over here in the UK. We had like the blackout yeah. and all of that stuff. So yeah, uh, Martha does not abide not by those be, rules. Yeah. Yes, you're not meant to be outside. But Martha says, uh, I am a general's daughter and I'm now the, the favorite general's daughter. So I can do what the fuck I want. <laughs> 
Yeah. And th- and I think this is when we, or either right before this is when we had the glitch the first time, but as we're walking through the forest, kind of back towards the lake, we start hearing screaming and gunfire that's happening. And we see, as we kind of hunker down behind this pillar, there are these German soldiers that are chasing an individual through the forest. Um, as we progress further, we hear an explosion happen. Mm-hmm. And we, we walk kind of towards the explosion. We see an individual lying on the ground. Legs have blown up. He's clearly been... He's been blown up himself, and he is. This is Lapo that we had been talking about previously. This is our first interaction with his his dead body now, mm-hmm. um, and our character interacts with him. Is she seems upset that this individual is now dead, and she pulls out it's a implied note. Implied sadness. Yeah, <laughs> at best, implied sadness. She she pulls out a note, and essentially the note rats out Julia and Martha. She he says like, I know you're not. Martha, I know Julia way too well. I, I know that you've been pretending to be this woman that you're not. Uh, and then we get shot. Okay. Bunch of things here. Um, how the fuck are you going to introduce the love interest and father of potentially Possible. miscarried child uh, dead with no legs? Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, we have not seen anyone else. How the fuck does he know that we yeah. are in person literally have not interacted with anybody at all yeah. in this game and thirdly i wanted to talk about the the red handkerchief that he take we take off of oh him. yes yes yes, yes uh, because right. the the soldiers comment about it afterwards so the red handkerchief i actually had to look this up uh was part of the garibaldi brigades and they were partisan units that were aligned with the italian right. communist party and were part of the armed resistance against both Germany and Italian fascist forces during World War II. Uh, so they are like pro-communist resistance forces trying to stop the Nazi uh, gotcha. invasion of gotcha. Italy. That's that's why they were take, take, trying to take him out, and that's why he was being chased in the first place. Yes, so, okay. um, yeah, we are shot, and this is then everything goes to black we hear the soldiers talking they're like oh she's dying but she's still alive mm-hmm. and then one of them's like you idiot that's the general's daughter um and it's sort of like you know what the fuck are we gonna do and just leave us there too they're like we'll just yeah. leave. we'll just run away let's run away let's not yeah. worry about it we'll just leave her there uh and as we kind of fade into unconsciousness we wake up in that same dream sequence now the second dream where we're running through the forest and having to create a word but that is where this leg ends and that's where we're ending this leg on a very big cliffhanger of confusion yeah uh did you guys have any what were you guys thoughts about the introduction of of lapo and and how that went down why i mean i don't it's par for the course in this game i'm not surprised i don't understand we we this this character gets referenced first just offhand in a conversation that he may be the one that killed Julia. And it's like, okay, well, there's, there's this individual. We possibly have a love interest with him. He's possibly the father to this child that Julia was unaware that she w- was pregnant with. Uh, and our first interaction with him is he's dead. And mm-hmm. the only conversation that we have is that a letter that he had left that he somehow knew that we weren't Martha, that we were Julia. He knew the secret that we've been keeping this whole time, even though we have not interacted with him since this game has started. I was uh, assuming, well, my, because we haven't interacted with anyone this entire game, I was like, oh, we're, we're dead. Like, we're a ghost now. But then mm-hmm. we get shot. 
and then people are talking about us and i'm like oh no this game that, just doesn't make any goddamn sense so weirdly enough you that thing you just said where it's like oh she's dead the whole time you know six cents kind of thing honestly would kind of make sense because she's interacted with zero characters in this game and except for in the very beginning when she's hugged by her mom we've not interacted with anybody since that event has happened but now you're right we yeah. got shot and people are aware of us being shot and now we're not bleeding out and dying so that theory is just kind of thrown out so that doesn't really work unless it's, they're also dead everybody's like everybody's dead <laughs> Okay, well, we'll we'll get into our, our final thoughts here. Uh, Kai, do you want to kind of tell us how you felt about this section of Martha's Dead? Sure. We left the last episode with a lot of questions, hmm. uh, which I was hoping would be addressed in some way in this section, <laughs> because I think a lot of our issues with the first section was that the, the plot didn't really lead anywhere. There was a lot of, like, loose ends that were never answered. We never really got a sense of what this means for Julia or what her life was like beforehand or what Martha being dead will, will mean for the family, uh, even though they don't believe that that is the truth or what it's going to be like for her to try to live with a disability that she has no context into other than observing someone, which I, I do believe is the most interesting part of this game uh, and, and is the most compelling part of this game is, is trying to figure out how Julia will pretend to be someone with a severe disability um, and none of those questions got answered. And if anything else, there's just a bucket of new questions that were thrust upon us uh, aggressively, where now I'm even more confused why a child may or may not be involved, how she miscarried, how we got from collecting cameras in the forest to having a psychotic breakdown to waking up in bed to why our parents are neglecting us and completely leaving us as someone with a disability uh who's assumed they can take care of themselves and if we're so rich why do we not have like a housekeeper or why doesn't our nanny come um and then labo dies because our nannies die. at our house obviously kai Jeez. okay well then we should hire maybe someone <laughs> to take care of martha in the parents absence <laughs> i would assume uh yeah it's just they what the same feelings i had last time they they had a lot of ideas on a yeah. board with sticky notes i assume and then they were just like, we'll do all of them. We'll do all the ideas, and it'll be great. And it's not. It's very lost in the sauce. And unless they pull some miraculous fucking weaving and ducking in the end of this where they can connect everything together, and you're like, oh, my God, I totally get what was going on now, which I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I feel like it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, this, this game is just... Is, is, is broken in more sense than just its glitches it's broken in the way that they approach telling this story and that is very sad because i mean we were talking about this game on our way home <laughs> yesterday um with our significant others in the car and they were like oh my god this is such a brilliant idea like it's such a cool concept yeah. of having this the time period and the, and the perspective of someone who has to live a life that yeah. they have perceived but never actually had to live and like that's so compelling but the way that yeah. they're doing it is just it's not uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. No, I I totally agree and second most if not all of the points that you made. Confusion isn't something that I think is is foreign in a genre like this. You know, when you're talking about suspense, when you're talking about thrillers, when you're talking about horror, there is a level of confusion. There's information that the viewer, player, listener doesn't know and 
is interested about still and will slowly peel away that information and get closer to the answer as, as time goes on mm. with with martha is dead we still have that confusion there's still that mystery there i think a lot of the instances where that plays out well is there's compelling characters there's motivations like we still don't really comprehend julia's motivation to take martha's identity i mean originally it was because of this love that she had felt but so far from what we've played that is not we've never we haven't seen that we haven't seen this love that uh julia wanted come into fruition we haven't seen her interact with any other characters that would be the biggest thing it's like if we had this compelling motivation now she's interacting with her mom her mom's loving her we can understand like yeah i understand i can see what your motivations were we, we might not agree with them we might still think that it's crazy for doing something like that but at least we can see the events of her motivations and her thought process play out which we haven't done at all which makes it really hard to connect with your main character and their decisions on doing things when you're just confused of why they're doing things in the first place um and alone with just like like you said the story and the narrative feeling very segmented and clunky the game actually being broken itself like getting into sections that physically had to hard quit hard reset the game because we were stuck in the ever, ever everlasting loop of just falling infinitely into the map that's the the map of nothingness um yeah i don't know labo L labo is that his La lapo lapo labo labo's the nintendo, nintendo labo <laughs> <laughs> nintendo lapo um yeah lapo's introduction which if done well could have been compelling you know if she had this love interest if she was kind of connected with uh lapo and julia and she maybe he's the father of this child this this child that she didn't know about that kind of would have been interesting but then our first interaction with him he's just dead and we get our interactions and conversations by just a note that he had left to us with information that we have no idea how he could possibly have known so we've never interacted with anybody i mean maybe he watched us walk to the forest or something and he's like no 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 martha would never walk like that i don't i don't, I don't know i'd but... recognize that dump truck anyway <laughs> <laughs> exactly um yeah so it's just it's it's just confusion all the way through and it doesn't seem like any of the like i said it seems like they're just laying on more information and just confusing the player more and more and none of the none of the things that they're setting up are, are coming into fruition and then the camera mechanic which i thought was interesting and cool that they kind of kept it at least somewhat you know keen to how a camera actually works it was like yeah that's fine but ultimately the dark room process just becomes tedious like having to do that for every single individual picture you take just makes the whole process monotonous and it just makes it not enjoyable in general. But I don't know. Oh, continue. Here's my pitch for a very easy way to establish context and bring back a section that makes no goddamn sense. Mm -hmm. You take a picture of the bird, the robin, whatever the fuck you want to call it. All right, taking that picture. And you sparrow, bring it back when you're walking through the forest and the sparrow makes a noise. It like does mm -hmm. this little chirpy thing on a tree and we look up and then Lapo behind us realizes that we can hear the bird and that's when he makes the connection that we are not Martha, who he think, thinks we are. We're actually Julia. And then you've brought back the bird and we've actually done something important with, you know, telling a story um, that we didn't get that. No. And if in, or like, even if he, if he, even if he like called after you or something, you know, some sort yeah. of mechanic, like you said, some sort <laughs> of mechanic. Julia just turns around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, fuck. <laughs> something, you know, just. Yeah. So, I, I mean, yeah. I, I hope that 
something comes out of this. Like I said, I'm all about kind of twisty endings. And I mean, the whole she, her being dead thing, I would have been like, yeah, I guess that kind of works. But clearly that doesn't work anymore. So I'm interested to see where, where else this game she's goes. She's double dead now. So <laughs> She's super dead now. Um, yeah. For me, I... Man, I ain't gonna lie to you guys. I'm so fucking disappointed in this game. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. And yeah. it, it the reason I think I'm disappointed is because either this story is not gonna make any goddamn sense and is gonna be so convoluted that we don't know what's real and what's fake and we can't make heads or tails, or we're gonna get a massive massive story dump at some point where stuff just gets piled on top of us to try and make sense of all of this stuff that so far makes no goddamn sense it makes absolutely no sense you know yeah with julia not knowing she's pregnant but seemingly having been pregnant Lapo knowing that we're not Martha, even though as far as we the player are aware, we've never met this person, especially not since Martha died. Yeah. You know, there's just so much that does not make sense. And it's either not going to make sense at the end of the game, or there's going to be a very, very quick explanation of a lot of stuff towards the end. Yeah. Uh camera mechanic it's fine it's, yeah. it's a nice touch you know uh like you said the red room gets particularly tedious um i was expecting i was expecting <laughs> something paranormal in the pictures we took right that's, that's what i thought was gonna happen like we were looking through these pictures especially the lake ones i'm like oh mm -hmm. there's some premonition or some some ghost that's in the background or something or, yeah i expected martha to be in the background of the selfie we took or for it to to be like martha's face like that decaying faceless yeah. corpse or something nothing like that um no in fact we took the picture and julia looked at it and went she literally said yeah that's me i recognize it it's like cool julia Thanks, like julia. <laughs> i, I, I hope you, you do. what you do when you see pictures of yourself is you're just like nah. yep hmm? I, I walk yeah. i walk i walk past mirrors i'm like who the fuck is that <laughs> <laughs> i just i don't know it's I'm having to do a lot of, a lot of heavy clutching at straws and heavy lifting to try and make heads or tails of this. Yeah, Maybe it will be some drug-induced fucking trip. Maybe it will just be a convoluted story. I don't know. I think even if, it's a, it, even if it's a drug-induced trip, it's still a fucking confusing story that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Both IGN and Metacritic have this at a 70. And I want to play mm. the game that they played yeah because I'm, i don't know how they got there but uh it, this is what makes me think that the following parts of the game are just be. gonna be a fucking story dump but that's like you can't games don't work like movies the expectation is that you're not gonna sit and watch two hours and you can do things like subvert the first hour of a movie to make people confused and then build it up like games are like novels it means people can read three chapters and walk away and they'll get as much as they can from those three chapters and it's like, yeah. that's the benefit of us playing games this way and breaking them down this way, is that we don't have all the context. If we sat and played yeah. these games all the way through, yeah. we wouldn't be able to impartially talk about each section and how they connect. What yeah. we do is we break them down in chapters and we go through them and like, that, you can't expect your game players to sit through a six-hour game 
full way through and be like, oh, okay, I understand this entire experience front to back. It's like yeah. your experience of this is going to be in chunks and you're just you're just lost. I mean, I mean yeah, even, e- e- even if there is some, you know, payoff or rewarding ending, I think that doesn't make up for the the journey up to that point. You know, mm-hmm. I think that yeah, sure, you can have like this compelling ending and it's like cool, unless it's fantastic and kind of can make up for the first part, which I think even if it does, it's just like, well, why is your why is your first half so like shitty and confusing and kind of broken up and then your last half seems very concise and put together and and yeah. makes sense, you know. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things that like is weird with video games because as much as they are about the destination, like the journey also has to make sense. You know, you can't just wrap up the last hour of a game yeah. and be like, oh yeah, this totally excuses everything else that happened and the slowness of the story. Yeah. Like, okay, we left on a cliffhanger, you know, are we dead? Was we dead originally? Like what okay, yeah. but but like that doesn't take away from the fact that we were introduced to Lapo five minutes before we found him dead having no clue who the fuck he was other than yeah. a potential love interest. You know, yep. even if they wrap up the story well and it all ends up in a nice little bow, this still sours your experience. You know, having to go through all of this and not knowing yeah. what's what. And it just, it feels as if the game is like a victim of his own design. And like Kai, like Kai said, it's just like, sorry, I was I'm, as, as Kai was saying, like it's it's trying to be as abstract as possible, and you know you you can only be so abstract before you don't make any fucking sense. Like you you yeah. have to yeah. you have to bring that abstract around. There's a somehow. there's a line where you you can pass the the abstraction and then it just starts being is starts making no fucking sense. Yeah, yeah. There's too many concepts happening here. Yeah. Is it paranormal? Is it psychosis? Is it drugs? Like is it what all the above there are too many fins exactly you know martha's ghost is also doing meth with julia Mm. yeah martha is dead and julia is high that's the full title (laughs) of the game (laughs) that little the little subtitle is underneath if you look really closely (laughs) that that pops up there um yeah that that is all for this leg like we said we did end on a little cliffhanger are we alive are we dead definitely find out next time but ben let the people at home know what we're gonna be playing next time Oh, um, <laughs> probably Martha's dead. Uh, yeah, we're definitely playing Martha is dead. Um, uh, I need to make sure that I don't mess up the sections that Jared very nicely posted on our <laughs> play on pod. Go follow. Uh, so we are going to be playing that second dream sequence that yeah. happens immediately after where we finished. Mm-hmm. And we are going to be completing the white lady chapter. And... Yes finishing in another dream sequence on another cliffhanger exciting so second dream to the end of the white lady chapter um that is going to be the actual gameplay for instance this week i actually played through the second dream Mm. um just because i was like oh is is this where we're finishing like because it just goes straight into it yeah you get launched into it and i was like uh i just closed the game i was like it's (laughs) but yeah that is where we're going to be playing up to the end of the white lady chapter yes uh exciting hopefully we get some context and something interesting that happens in this next section Uh, Mm. but now is it going to be a bootstrap 
is the white lady going to be about Martha, but Martha had to die to create the white lady folklore? That would honestly be, that would make me happy. I'd be satisfied with it. It, it was all fine. Add a bootstrap paradox to your game and I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> it's no all what. connected to Ocarina. <laughs> you, that's the last thing this game needs is a time travel. <laughs> <laughs> Let me fucking tell you. Uh, but we, we didn't do it last week because we had a, a time crunch, but we have our recommended sections at the end of the episode. And this week I had tasked the boys and myself to provide a podcast recommendation that isn't video game related. Mm. Um, and I, I, I'll start here. I don't know if you guys just have one or if you have a couple, but Many. okay, <laughs> I, I have, I have a couple here that I'll go through. Um, Keeping my weeb and anime ties, uh, Anime Addicts Anonymous is a great podcast where they break down everything, like between anime, manga, cosplay, they kind of go through it all, and it's a great podcast. If you have, like, specific anime that you're interested in, it's very evergreen in the sense you can, like, go back and, like, oh, I'm, I'm watching this now, I'm watching Demon Slayer or something, you can go back and talk to hear their coverage about those things specifically. Kind of like our podcast. They love podcasts. Um, yeah, so they're great. Uh, Ear Biscuit, Rhett and Link's uh, podcast is fantastic. They're hilarious individuals, and hearing them talk is, is always a good time. Um, I had another one, and now I'm blanking uh, what it was called. Uh, if you don't know, I'm pretty much listening to video game podcasts, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> yeah, th those are mine. Uh, check out, if you like anime, Anime Addicts Anonymous. And if you like Rhett and Link, first, if you haven't watched Rhett and Link, go watch Good Mythical Morning because it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And then listen to their podcast, Your Biscuits, because it's very entertaining. Yes. Kai, you want to go next or? Yeah. Go for uh, sure. I don't listen to video game podcasts very frequently, except for this wow. one. And all of the, wow. those people in the Discord, I definitely listen to your podcast. I <laughs> have listened to it. Just don't quiz me on it, okay? Um, <laughs> Yes, so my recommendations, uh, so there's a long list, and I will try to be concise. Dissect Podcast, which is a, a music podcast breaking down albums, mm -hmm. is fucking phenomenal. Uh, I would recommend you start with either Frank Ocean's Blonde uh, Dissected or Because of the Internet, Childish Gambino. Those are both great seasons of great that. albums. Uh, Lore is a great podcast about folklore uh, mm -hmm. all Lore over the world, one. hosted by Aaron Mankey, who also had a show of the same name on Amazon Prime, uh, which is very good if you want to check that out. Um, also, 99% Invisible, which is a podcast about design and design in our lives. Fantastic podcast. Um, also, Fear and Molding and The Leftovers, two podcasts hosted by Hassan Piker, one with Will Neff and one with Ethan Klein, uh, hosted on YouTube every Thursday. And then Fear and Molding is coming back on Wednesdays. Uh, and then lastly, all of the Pod Save America podcasts, including Pod Save the World, uh, Love It or Leave It, uh, Majority of 54 all phenomenal podcasts, very great uh, political commentary from a democratic perspective. Um, I could keep going for literally the next hour. I love podcasts, <laughs> uh, and I could name a jacillion of them, but those are great yeah. ones to start with. Um, yeah. And I'm sure we can do this again, and I will have more recommendations for you. Yeah, I'm sure we can. 100%. Ben, what do you recommend to the people? Uh, so I said when we discussed this i was like oh i'm gonna make nave very happy um dungeons and daddies is the first one i'm recommending great podcast fucking brilliant podcast it's a about four dads who are traveling on the way to a soccer game and are transported into the world of D. &D. they are disconnected from their sons and they now have to travel a fantasy world to find their sons but they keep their minivan and they have all of their dad jokes and all it's of the it's real life aspects 
They've just started season two. Uh, you don't have to listen to season one to listen to season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are little nods back, but season two, they play as their grandchildren who are now living in the world that their grandfathers uh, did stuff to. And that's all I'll say. Um, Venture Maidens. Venture Maidens is another D&D podcast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant. It's a actual play podcast. So all of the voice actors refer to one another in character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a all-female slash non-binary cast uh, who homebrew their entire campaign, their entire world is all made by Celeste. She's a brilliant DM. Yes. Um, and they just have a laugh and it's fucking funny and it's super interesting. If you like D&D, go listen to it. Uh, I have the second Ear Biscuits. Absolutely brilliant podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to listen to GMM or watch GMM to listen no. to Ear Biscuits. They also have a really, really great series where they break down their spiritual deconstruct- deconstruction from the evangelical church. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really interesting to see how they went from being these super Christian missionaries essentially to um the people that they are today absolutely brilliant um one nation under crime i can't remember who suggested this to me i think they followed the play along podcast twitter account and i went and checked them out it is two uh southern ladies i think they're from alabama um super super soothing voices and what they do is they go through uh, and they talk about one serious crime every year since 1800. And um, it's really interesting because one of them is absolutely in love with true crime and one of them knows nothing about true crime. Oh, so it's, cool. really in- it's really interesting to get that different perspective. Um, if you yeah. are into true crime, go check that out. Uh, and I think that's all I have that's non-gaming. Sweet. All, all fantastic podcasts. If you guys are interested in things other than video games, go check out all the podcasts we recommend. All of us give them a star of approval that you should check them out because they're fun and mm-hmm. dip into the things that necessarily aren't video games, which, yeah. I mean, mine are anime and Rhett and Lake, but that's still that's the fun. <laughs> um thanks for getting to the end of the episode you guys thanks for listening as always like i said in the beginning our link tree has all of our stuff all of our socials where you can listen to our podcast on it go check it out let your friends know if they like video games check out our podcast because it'll make us happy happy little lads do i get to do i get to say what i'm gonna do for oh yeah ben what are we going to be bringing (laughs) to next week's episode uh i i struggled with this but i have decided that we are going to discuss uh apps and specifically apps that we use to improve or make our life easier Mm, so okay the ones the ones i've got are sort of like organizational apps and and things to do with productivity and stuff like that so okay there are any apps that you think are are good for day-to-day life we're going to bring them to the table next time sweet so apps that we use to make our lives easier sweet yes that's exciting okay guys we will see you in the next episode with the third section of martha's dead we'll be starting right up of heavy on that second dream going right into it so yes thanks for listening guys we'll see you next time Bye. Love y'all. peace out bye guys bye, bye.